listen to your potential stockists and the stockists that come to see you and hear about their businesses and hear about trends and changes and what they're looking for and what their customers are looking for. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Now, often I start these shows by thanking someone for recommending a guest. Well, today's guest recommended herself. Yes, Helen filled in our guest application form. I sent her an invite and... Here we go. You guys get to listen to it today and she's an awesome guest. So if you think you would make a great guest for this show, then just go to ecmp.info forward slash guest and submit yourself to being recorded. We will be sending out lots of invitations to people to record in the next couple of weeks. So now is a great time to put your hat in the virtual ring. So I said we've got a great guest coming up for you today. We do. Uh, We're talking about a whole range of different um, things. There's big sections on product range expansion, uh, circularity within your own business to turn waste product or waste pieces into new products that generate profits and sales. We're diving into a bit of wholesale and should you do trade shows and if you're going to do trade shows, how to make them work for you. And there's a fair amount of other stuff as well, including B Corps on some killer top tips. So do make sure you listen right to the very end of the episode so you don't miss out on Helen's top tips and my own take on this episode. Are you looking for ways to incorporate SMS and MMS into your marketing strategy? Well, you should be. A great way to do it is to add marketing text to your current campaigns. And with wildly successful transaction rates up to 481% higher, birthday offers are a good place to start. Send customers a birthday offer to the channel that's almost always at hand, their mobile device. And if they don't make a purchase, send a follow-up text in two days' time so your message doesn't get overlooked. Get more campaign ideas and see how AI-powered marketing automation is changing e-commerce at ecmp.info forward slash bloomreach. That's ecmp.info slash B-L-O-O-M-R-E-A-C-H. Learn more with Bloomreach. Visit ecmp.info forward slash Bloomreach today. And now to introduce our special guest. Helen Round is a sustainable textile designer and printmaker, selling from her studio and the Shopify e-commerce store, Helen Round. Founded in 2012, they are now a team of nine, selling across their own platforms and via wholesale. Hello, Helen. Hello, Chloe. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. As a sustainable textile designer and printmaker, what led you to the world of e-commerce? Well, in 2012, I I woke up one morning and I thought, right, I've spent probably 20 years of my life teaching, sharing my skills with others. And my teaching was within community spaces, museums, schools. And I really yearned to do some making myself. I'd, I'd lost contact with my hands and the things that I started with, the things that I love, which was fine art textiles. So I thought, right, how can I switch this? How can I change things around to create a bit more balance in my life, whereby I am still doing teaching, but I'm creating things myself. And I thought, well, I 
I need to I need to kind of be able to make money from these things if I'm going to give up my teaching. So that's kind of how the journey began, really. Um, it was a kitchen table business, and, and that's where we started. So just looking for a route to sell your own designs and you decided going direct to the consumer was the right route for you? Yeah, and also thinking about practical and useful things. I'm one of those people that I'm, I'm not an over-consumer. I, I buy things because I actually need them and then I think about it and I buy the thing I love that I, that I need the most. And so it was looking at my own things in the house and deciding, okay, what things haven't I got or do I need to replace that I would love to have that I thought other people might like to have too. I often think in this space of sustainability, it often takes me back to the William Morris quote, have nothing in your house which is not beautiful or useful. And I think we need to change the or to and. So we now make it have nothing in your house that is not beautiful and useful, which I think exactly uh, reflects what you were just saying about your choice of products and what you were going to make from day one. Mm. Yeah, and in fact, the first thing I made was an apron, which sort of joined together my love of textiles and my love of cooking and a very practical thing, um, which, you know, if you're like me, you're a bit of a messy cook. <laughs> yes. Let's not let's not get into how messy or not cooks I, I and my husband are. <laughs> we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. So, You got it started. You've been building the business. You're now up to a team of nine selling globally and um, via various platforms. So where where in the world are you based and where are you selling most of your products to? So we are in Cornwall. We're in southeast Cornwall and our studios are at Mount Edgecombe, which is a country park owned by Plymouth City Council and Cornwall Council. It's a free area to roam, which is rather beautiful. And we have we have now four of their units um, at the back of the country house. So these were once old outbuildings, which we've now turned into very productive studios. Um, in terms of selling, we sell all over the world. Our, our e-commerce site is set up to sell internationally. You know, before Brexit, we had quite a lot of business from Europe. That's since changed, sadly. But America is a really great market for us, as well as the UK. And we've just come back from a trade show in New York. Congratulations. That is, um, and well done on being awake. <laughs> everyone, who, everyone who seems to come back from trade shows in the States at the moment seems to need a week's sleep. So, um, so congrats. Well, we came back with COVID, which wasn't too good, ah, yes. but, um, you know, and needing a week's sleep, definitely. <laughs> So tell us a bit about the product as well, because it all started off with an apron um, and there's certainly a, a kitchen element to what you're doing, but it's quite a wide range of products and you've diversified outside of textiles, I think, as well these days. Yeah, there is a wide uh, range of products. I mean, from the beginning, um, I wanted to create a product with fabric that I loved. I've always had a love of natural fibres and I looked really carefully at the fabrics which we could use and chose in the beginning linen as the fabric that we would work with. We still work with linen now, although we've more recently over the last few years introduced bamboo fibres as well. But in terms of linen, linen is one of those magical things which requires no pesticides to grow. It requires no extra water. The rain that comes from the sky is enough to keep it growing and the whole of the plant is used. So that seemed or felt to me like a really natural choice 
to go with um, back in 2012. And it, it still is the same for us today. We spent some time researching linen. Um, sadly, we couldn't get anything we needed or wanted in the UK. So we went just a bit further afield. We hopped over the channel to Europe and we actually went and visited a number of linen suppliers, manufacturers, and found the one that we liked most and we still work with them to this day. It is weird how we, we hear so much about bamboo, but we hear so little about linen and it, it is arguably more eco. I don't, don't want to get totally into the argument here, but it's kind of mad how we're not talking so much about linen. Yeah, I guess it's maybe a price point for people. You know, it, it is much more expensive than cotton, but it's so much longer lasting and, and, and so much more beautiful, in my opinion, too. <laughs> it's got a bit more character, hasn't it, than a piece of cotton? When you dye cotton, it's completely different to dyeing linen. The, the dye that colours that you get with linen are, are much softer and gentler and less acid-based. And so you've you've got those those textile elements, but you're also now selling haberdashery essentially on the website and you've got kits going on on the website so how did the range kind of expand into those areas which are less tied to your own designs as such yeah so I think one of the things I noticed um I was in the cutting room with Kim who's our, our cutter and I was watching her work with you know and she's very methodical and she's got all her patterns lined up and she's cutting out the patterns and I was thinking, well, what about those bits at the edge, those bits of fabric there? What's happening to those? Where are they going? And she said, oh, well, we don't really have a use for those. So one of the things we did as a team was look at the products which we create and, and try and work out a way to use those offcuts, those smaller studio pieces, um, uh, fabric pieces, to make an actual product. And so when we looked at the products which we could make, we thought, okay, do those products solve a problem for people? Because one of the things we're trying to do is help people to live more sustainably. So the product which I can give as a unique example of that is the little linen sponge. So the linen sponge is made from linen offcuts on the front, bamboo offcuts on the back, and it's stuffed with all the little linen pieces that come off the pattern cutting for the bamboo hair towel. So a truly sustainable product in that case, um, in terms of using our fabric, but also hoping that people might buy one of those instead of one of those horrible plastic things that you use in the shower. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and, and then getting on to the kits, the kits were a similar thing, really. And they came out of a, another really interesting thing I found. Working on your own can be quite lonely. Being a leader of a business can be quite a lonely space. And I've got a fantastic team that work with me, but I, I kind of sometimes miss collaborations, doing things with other people. So I reached out to a quilt maker in Nottinghamshire and said to her, look, we've got all these smaller offcuts here. I'd love to think that we could use them to make something. And she said, oh, send me some and I'll have a go. Did you have anything in mind? And I said, well, something that somebody who wasn't a sewer could maybe pick up and try and use and have a go at would be great something that can be done without a sewing machine because not everybody's got one or wants one and something which would kind of take on the or, or show the meditative power of stitch so Rebecca Johnson is the quilt artist and she came up with two kits one is a little coaster kit where you get four coasters that you can make and everything's included and the other is a small mini quilt, which gives you a kind of 
um, a taste of what making a bigger quilt might be like. And all of those use fabric offcuts. I love that's just just so brilliant. You've built a circularity loop within your own business. So taking your own waste product, turning into products, turning into kits, expanding the product range and turning a waste profit into a product, which I think is so often, you know, so often people think they can't do the sustainability thing because it's going to cost them more money. But actually, it's a great example of how it actually makes you more money (laughs) because it creates new products and so forth. Helen, so much I could ask you about right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to pivot back to the wholesale piece and to um, your recent experience in New York, because this feels like it's the year of D2C brands going wholesale to expand their brand awareness, to take their mission further by leveraging other people's customer bases, especially in the sustainability space. And you mentioned that you've just come back or recently come back from a trip to New York to a trade show. Why? And and I'm also asking this because uh, a couple of days ago in our uh, Chloe's e-commerce club, someone was asking, I want to stop doing trade shows. Are the online platforms any good? So what's your opinion between the point of doing the face-to-face trade shows versus doing the online wholesale channels. Are you still doing the, the, the face-to-face events because they really work for you, because it's habit, dare I say it? Or are you now balancing both the online and the offline side of things? We are balancing both. And um, for quite a while now, we haven't done any UK trade shows We found that through social media and having a good Shopify site, that people in the UK were finding us really quickly. That's retailers who wanted to stock our product. So they were coming to us. Um, Trade shows aren't necessarily my favourite thing, I have to say. There's a lot of standing around and a lot of preparation beforehand. But the one thing I do love about them is that face-to-face contact. And I think as an e-commerce brand, that is something which you don't get a lot of. I'm a big advocate of of the telephone, of contacting our stockists um, in the UK and here in the US. But I just felt like the online platform we use, which is fair actually for online for the US, um, just wasn't enough. And I wanted to go to New York and have a look at what other brands are doing as well and to meet stockists there and to have conversations with them. I think that's the really important part is to be able to listen to your potential stockists and the stockists that come to see you and hear about their businesses and hear about trends and changes and what they're looking for and what their customers are looking for. So there's, there is real benefit in them, but I think it can be tempered with a bit of both. I love that answer. I would summarise it down, and Helen, tell me if I've missed the boat here, but I would summarise it down as all the things you wanted to learn about the US market, you could fast track your learning of that by going to the event and going not with a, I'm going to stand on my, my stand waiting for someone to come along and then try and sell them something, but with a more complete 360 approach to the event. I'm going to make sure I've got a day where I can go off and see our competitors and see what else is going on in the space. I'm going to make sure there's someone else on the stand so they can be selling and I can be learning and and layering up all these other pieces, which I guess brings us back to it's making a strategic choice. It's not just going, we do trade shows. So we're going to go to all the trade shows, which I think is often what's happened behind the scenes when a brand's going, I want to stop doing trade shows. If they've just gone, oh, there's a trade show, we'll be there type approach. 
Yeah, I agree. And and they are hard work and they are expensive, you know, and I think you've got to think about that expense and you've got to maximise the potential as a brand by going and, and, you know, and make sure you talk to other people, make sure you talk to other exhibitors as well as, as people visiting because there's so much to be learned. Yeah, it's such a, a thing you can get so much out of if you actually fully get to grips with why you're going and how you're going to approach it. So something we also haven't yet talked about, but which we should, is that you've been on the B Corp journey and clearly from everything you've been saying, sustainability is a big part of the business, why you started the business, your own personal mission and so forth. You know, we recently did a whole month on B Corps. I know a lot of our listeners are interested in it. Have you got any tips or advice to anyone considering going down that route themselves? I think everyone should look at the BPAC assessment. I think that's the biggest tip I can give you. We started on this journey after um, the National Trust contacted us, actually. Um, They wanted to stock a number of our products and they wanted to look at our supply chain. And, you know, I thought, yeah, I know what our supply chain is. But then when I actually drilled down and thought really carefully about this, I thought, I know some of it, but I don't know all of it. And that was a real, really good exercise for me to look carefully at our supply chain and really consider who we make our purchases from. And after I'd done that and gone through with the team that journey, which was quite heavily paper laden from the National Trust, I must say, (laughs) but really good, I thought, well, okay, now let's look at B Corp and, and let's look at the impact assessment and see what what's there and I think what's come out of it most of all is as how as a, a team how we all operate together to make the business as good as it can be and and that's the work that we've been doing instead of sort of having a woolly a direction we've we've taken the key points that we need to work on and we thought right okay we don't have a staff satisfaction survey do we need one yes let's get one because actually that would be a really great thing to have and we've taken from the impact assessment the things which we feel will make us an even better business. Whenever I talk to anyone about B Corp, they're like, the assessment process is really good. <laughs> you know, the self-assessment process of, have we done this? Have we done that? Uh, what boxes should we be ticking? Should we not? Because it's it's not like you have to do everything on the list. You can go, in, uh, as you did, should we be doing a staff assessment survey? You may decide, no, we're a small enough team. We don't need to do that. So we'll work on another element of it. And I think it's it certainly seems to be a tool that really helped people. What are the benefits you found of being a B Corp? Well, we're not yet a B Corp. We are still on that journey, very much on that journey. Uh-huh. And one of the things which we decided was that we would let the journey be organic. We wouldn't drive it by bringing somebody else in. What we wanted to do was do the journey, take part in the journey as a team. And we thought that we know the business best. Let's try and work through the criteria which we set ourselves from the BPAC impact assessment to become even better than we currently are. We sort of hope that we might finish by the end of this year and, and then be ready for B Corp to look at us. But, you know, we're not sweating it. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Are you looking for ways to incorporate SMS and MMS into your marketing strategy? Well, you should be. A great way to do it is to add marketing text to your current campaigns. And with wildly successful transaction rates up to 481% higher, 
Birthday offers are a good place to start. Send customers a birthday offer to the channel that's almost always at hand, their mobile device. And if they don't make a purchase, send a follow-up text in two days' time so your message doesn't get overlooked. Get more campaign ideas and see how AI-powered marketing automation is changing e-commerce at ecmp.info forward slash bloomreach. That's ecmp.info slash B-L-O-O-M-R-E-A-C-H. Learn more with Bloomreach. Visit ecmp.info forward slash Bloomreach today. Are you tying up capital with goods that take months to arrive? Let Trade pay your supplier invoices for you and then pay them back up to four months later. No security, no dilution, no more cash flow headaches. Pay only a transparent flat fee with each financed invoice. Learn more or apply to see if Trade can help your business grow at ecmp.info forward slash trade. That's ecmp.info forward slash T-R-E-Y-D. So that's trade spelt T-R-E-Y-D. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Helen, are you ready for the Top Tips? I'm ready. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So the book that I've got is a bit of an old one, 2009. It's called The Leader's Way, and it's written by the Dalai Lama and Lawrence van der Musenberg. And it's a decade of conversations between those two, and it's all about holistic leadership. So I came to my business from the arts world as a teacher. I didn't come as a leader and I've had to learn how to be a leader. And this book, I think, is, is really magical because it's got everything in it that you need to consider when you are making decisions. So don't make decisions rashly. Make decisions when you're in a quiet space, make decisions and think about all those people that you're affecting when you make that decision. And it's about responsible entrepreneurship. So it's not a religious book. It's a book that anybody from any background could read and I think benefit from. When you said it's um, it's written by the Dalai Lama, I thought, oh, that's going to be... Uh, an enjoyable read, a peaceful read, something you don't quite realise you're learning as you go through, but and that's not, you know, kind of a hard-nosed businessman does leadership book, but the opposite, which I think kind of made me think, you, you know, you have to pick a book, find the right version of the book, you know, so many books about leadership, but let's find the one that best fits your your situation, learn from the right kind of person. But um, you've got me thinking, Helen, put it that way. You know, it, it just shows that it's the leader's job to create a business that has a very warm and strong heart. And I think that that's the kind of message within the book. Lovely message. Uh, the traffic top tip. Which marketing methods do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, I'm going to go back to the old fashioned telephone. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that, you know, in this world of e-commerce where we don't see people's faces and we don't hear their voices, using the telephone to make contact with people, you know, we've talked about B2B, I think it's a really valuable tool. And part of uh, my enjoyment of running the business is that having that opportunity to speak with our stockists 
and picking up the phone and finding out how their business is doing, what's going well for them, what's not going quite so well, and, and also getting the opportunity to get an order in there too. You know, and it also can relate to B2C. We had a situation the other day where a customer had ordered something and we didn't actually have it. We later found it, actually, <laughs> when I read <laughs> have it. So I said, oh, I'm so sorry we haven't got it. And she said, oh, that's fine. So we swapped it out for something else. But then that gave me the opportunity to have a conversation with them about how they'd found us, uh, what they liked about the brand. And there's a huge amount of learning to be had in the old-fashioned telephone. So. That would be my top marketing tip. I think that's excellent. We can get, you know, customer survey is one thing, but actually speaking to a few customers, three or four customers will just give you so many ideas and so much inspiration. Yeah, I, I'm going to totally second that one. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yeah, this one I spoke to the team about and I said, what do you think? And they said, oh, we've got two. So um, I quickly whizzed through the first one, but it's very important. And that's um, Asana, which is an app we use to communicate with each other. We are in different areas of the business. We're in different rooms. We're in different locations, you know, different. some in Devon, some in Cornwall. And Asana is a really great way of keeping up to date with uh, how everybody is doing uh, on a certain project. It's also a really great way of allowing everybody in the team to task each other. Um, so it's not top down. It's a very fair way of everybody asking each other to help to get their tasks done. So we all love it. And ticking stuff off is really great. <laughs> yeah, that is that's definitely one of the coolest things in Asana. Oh, I've completed it. I've completed it. Yeah, we use Asana too. Brilliant tool. And you said there was a second one your team mentioned. Yeah, so in, within the last year, we've introduced a Kanban system. So it's a just-in-time manufacturing system, which is a really lean way of manufacturing, which means we don't overstock, which means we're not making unless we need to and the whole team really love it. It's quite different to Asana. It's very visual. It's little cards, actually physical cards, which we have in our stock bins, which allow us to know when a product has got down to a low stock value and we need to remake it. Because we do all the manufacturing ourselves in-house, because we do all the fulfillment, we need to be really on top of all of that. And, and the Kanban system has really allowed us to do that. I love that, a physical solution to overstock. I'm up for anything that stops people overstocking because it's well, such a waste of time, energy, resources, marketing space. And I could go on for hours. I have earlier this year on the subject. Um, so, yeah, lo love that. A physical, physical method of making sure you know when you need to create new product. The last one then, the carbon top tip. What's your favourite way to reduce the carbon pr footprint even of an e-commerce store? So for us in Cornwall, our studio has become a bit of a drop-off point for anyone with cardboard boxes. They know what they know what we want. Those packing beads that nobody ever knows what to do with, and bubble wrap. So we have cut our spend on packaging in half just by becoming the local drop-off point for all of those things. We did a shout out on social media, and we are inundated actually. We've been very specific at telling people exactly what we want and, and they've the community has responded really well. I love that. Another massive cost saver 
a hassle solution for others. And I guess you may get a few people dropping stuff off and buying something at the same time. Yeah, they do pop into the shop or pop into the studio and say hello. And if they put in some cardboard, which we can't use because it's not strong enough or it's not the right size, we put it through a shredder and we create shredded paper, which we then use to package things like our lampshades and cushions and other other products. I love that. I must admit, I, these days I get a slight thrill when I get a parcel that's that's in recycled packaging. <laughs> I think been in the been in the, in the the sustainability side of the industry just long enough. I was going to say too long, not too long, just long enough. Um, Helen, thank you so much for all your great advice. Now, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yes. So the website is helenround.com. And on social media, Instagram and Facebook, we are at Helen Round Designs. Simple as that, everyone. And I believe, Helen, you've even put together a nice little discount for our listeners. So can you tell us a bit about that, please? Yes. Um, using Chloe's Masterpan code, you can get 20% off uh, when you shop online with us. Or if you're listening to this and you're close by to the shop, you could come in and pop in and use it there too. <laughs> Excellent. So everyone, that's helenround.com. Use the code MASTERPLAN to get 20% off your order. Um, Helen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It has been lovely chatting to you and I will be plotting a visit to Mount Edgecombe to come and have a look in the studio some point this summer. So um, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, Chloe. It's been lovely talking to you. What a fascinating business. Uh, Great chatting to Helen there about how she's gone about growing her product business. I loved those tips she had about wholesale. And I think, you know, that's the key thing. If you're going to go wholesale and you're thinking about going to trade fairs, make sure you've given yourself the time before, the time after and the time whilst you're there to really maximise it from every angle. And like she was saying about here in the UK, her home market, she's not doing trade shows because the other presence that they built up in the business is sufficient. And then she's balancing the offline activity with the online activity too and building relationships with those wholesale customers by chatting to them, finding out what's going on their business and showing a genuine interest in them and how she can help them. I also thought her, you know, that circularity of product they're doing with their waste product was genius. You know, have a look around the business sometimes and see what what you could be doing differently and what you could turn into another product. Another theme I take out of this was that great advice about the packaging do a call out to your friends and family. Have you got packaging you don't want? I think consumers are far happier to receive clearly recycled packaging if it gets the product to them in the first place and halved their packaging costs. How cool would that be? So often sustainability saves you money. And I think um, Helen was a, was a world of information about those, plus that great B Corp advice too. Well, look, you can get your hands on our notes from this show, including those top tips and links to the things we mentioned by going to the website. Just put ecmp.info forward slash episode number into the URL bar. So use our short link and you'll go straight to the correct page on the website. When you get to the website, please do add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve the business. And two of those that are hugely relevant to uh, what we've been talking about today 
One is our recent mini-series, mini-training series on the overstocks problem, how to clear your overstocks effectively, how to avoid them in the first place. Um, you can find out all about that. It's available for free. You'll need to sign up by email, but it's available via ecmp.info forward slash overstock. And we did a whole month on B Corps, how to become one, why you should, why you should consider it, things to be aware of, and spoke to three more retailers and one expert about their B Corp journeys. You can find out all of that at ecmp.info forward slash B Corp. There you go. All the short links in the world. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.